I want to bring in our next guest to help us take a look at the data that just came out and uh, possibly get ahead of uh, some of what's playing out in terms of currencies here, a very busy week in currencies, and it's only Monday. Scott Bauer is with us from Prosper Trading Academy for that. Scott, good morning to you. I want to talk and begin morning, with ben. the durable goods orders numbers. Good morning. It looks like uh, the core came in in line with expectations and prior at 0.2. Uh, it does look like uh, durable goods on a month-over-month -month basis. The orders were down 0.2%, but they were looking for a decline of uh, 0.4%, so a little bit better than expected, I guess. Yeah, a little bit better than expected. Not a uh, not a huge number that everybody is looking at, but in a week where you know maybe it's it's not as heavy as it was over the last couple of weeks. Something to hone in on, but you can see that the market reaction, as you said, is very muted, almost mm -hmm. as if you know, okay, next, move on. Let's uh, let's get the next Fed speaker that's coming <laughs> out and, and talking this week. Or the next big move in the currencies one way or the other, which I guess right. one could argue is based on uh, the market. But it did seem like, there you can see the numbers here. Again, the core coming in line with expectations. As mentioned, durable goods orders a slight down tick from last month, but a bit of an increase there, or a bit better than expected in terms of the estimates. They were looking for down 0.4. Scott, uh, the big focus here this week, definitely the uh, pound, the move to record lows against the U.S. dollar amidst these uh, sweeping tax cuts that we're hearing about. The Bank of England held steady yesterday no statement um uh, no action i should say a couple comments it seems like but uh it, it does seem like the chancellor maybe has a little bit of explaining to do now in terms of uh why such an aggressive effort here to uh kind of stimulate things when we have the bank of england here trying to slow the economy a little bit i mean ben you talk about you know both sides of the equation and talking about you know trying to to catch up to to rates around the world but then these big massive tax cuts, which is going to, you know, probably come from just massive borrowing, right? So uh, all of that leads to a lot of uncertainty. And, and, you know, I kind of liken it almost to where we were here with our Fed over the last, you know, maybe six, three, three to six months or so, where we were kind of in no man's land. And, and it almost seemed like there was not any, you know, sense of direction. So I think, you know, what you're seeing this morning, you're getting a little reprieve from the pound, but that's really because the dollar is just a little bit weaker, which I think, you know, that's a, that's a one-off. Uh, maybe it's weaker for a day or two or so, but there's certainly tailwinds, which, you know, if the dollar does approach back to that 114, 114 and a half level or so, I think you're going to see the pound come back off. You're going to see most of these other currencies still get weaker. Uh, you know, in terms of that, Scott, you still also have an energy crisis. You've got a new prime minister. So, yes, all of it yep. uh, does lead to a lot of uncertainty. We have seen a reflection of that in terms of price activity. It sounds like you're still very bullish the dollar right now. And we were talking about it a minute ago with Alex in terms of some of the price activity we're seeing as the indices rally back. I mean, some of this is characteristic and indicative of what we expect to see in a bear market environment, right, and a bull market environment in the dollar. You're going to see these big pullbacks, but yeah. again, you limited in terms of ability to take out key structure that was established on the way up and limited in terms of uh, time and duration that you spend at lower levels, right? Oftentimes it's quickly scooped up, it's bought up, and uh, you see lower extremes. And by definition, the word extreme, you spend a very limited amount of time there. Very limited amount of time. You're right, Ben. And I do see the dollar, you know, getting back to to rallying. Though I, I I'm not going to say we're at a top. I would never say that. I think we're getting closer to a top, though, than we have been in a very long time. So I'd be very cautious of that. But what's really interesting, a point I want to make about the sterling um, and getting to parity here. 
if you look at uh, the option market, if, if you look at what's going on there, there is the most bearish bets against the pound since 2016. Mm. There's risk reversals out there that are heavily waiting on the put side for the pound to get under parity. Mm. Could that be maybe a bit overdone, Scott, if we were to see the dollar reverse here right now? You'd see a snap oh, yeah. back. Yeah. So, so I look at I look at that almost a, a, as a contrarian indicator, Ben. Okay. Just just as I would do do so in in most equity option markets. If I see a a big risk reversal kind of priced out a line like that, yeah. I'm usually going to be on the other side of that. Talk to us a little bit about the yen, Scott, because uh, speaking of slowing some of the momentum to the downside, the yen has uh, it's hanging out in this range right now. So again, a very long in the tooth, uh, well defined trend to the downside, but uh, uh, again, a reflection of what we've seen in terms of the rate disparity between Japanese uh, BOJ and the Western world. In fact, uh, to the extreme, they had to intervene. I guess the question here is, did they do enough? I don't think they did enough, Ben. I mean, until they until they can can get to the point and accept that this, you know, uh, almost zero interest rate policy that they have there, until they can accept that they do have to get with the times, if you will. They do have to raise rates. And I know that's not on their, you know, not not in their playbook here. But I think until we see that turn of events here, you are going to see a weaker yen. Even if the dollar does start to come off, I don't think you're going to see much appreciation in the yen at all. Or they're going to continue to have to do some buying, it sounds like, to uh, help yep. support the currency. Talk to us a little bit about uh, where does all this put the euro uh, and the ECB ultimately? I mean, we've, uh, again, seen some uh, a lot of activity in terms of the pound. I mean, it's got to be unsettling for the euro as well, I'd imagine, just in terms of proximity, in terms of uncertainty, and uh, really the uh, similarities, really, uh, in terms of some of the headwinds that the pound's facing. You have the ECB and the euro in a similar situation. Absolutely, though. They've been a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, out there over the last few weeks, last month or so. But what's really amazing is, is this dollar strength is happening, even as some of the others, you know, major central banks yeah, are firming are up a bit. Yeah. Exactly, are firming up and, yeah. and having this hawkish policy. And I think that is just a reflection, Ben, that, you know, let's say we got a head start. We, we got a very, very big head start. And so this catch up that that other currencies are trying to make right now, uh, it, it, it's tough. They're slogging in the mud, if you will. Scott, imagine some of it is also a reflection of rates here in the U.S., right, which ties back to what you said as far as the Fed getting a bit of a head start, uh, ultimately uh, um, higher for longer. It's probably a reflection of what we've been hearing, the Fed's mantra as of recent, the TNX, the a uh, 30-year, talking two-year yields up through 4% ultimately. But but it's also a reflection of the indices, which have come off those Jan highs and that bear market-type environment we've seen. Again, the Dow taking out the June lows uh, recently to a new year low print, uh, ultimately back to December 2020 levels. I mean, it's a reflection of that as the dollar's been the safe haven recipient. There's no question about it. And, and how long have we talked about that, you know, out of the – world currencies maybe the dollar wasn't the best but it was the least worst if you will mm. and i think that is absolutely playing out now and, and and goes to the point that our fed became hawkish way ahead of other currencies out there um i saw an interesting note i i think it was out of morgan stanley that they said for every one percent change in the dollar mm -hmm. that reflects about a a negative half a percent impact on s p earnings mm. so Fourth quarter earnings, yeah, that could be really tough. Yeah. I, you know, they expect about a ten percent 
headwind to growth with with the way the dollar is now you know we've started to see that in some in some companies you know that that are not even projecting earnings anymore but i think that that is going to be the new norm going into the next couple of weeks and we've got our you know earnings season yeah. starting just around the corner yeah we're going to be hearing a lot about that strong dollar but talk to us uh, to your point here in terms of the fed and uh, potentially is higher for longer. Again, as uh, we've heard from Fed speakers recently, Susan Collins was talking about, well, she actually said inflation might have peaked, but we heard from Mester. We'll get a look at some of the other uh, Fed speakers in terms of comments today, but Mester was talking about uh, essentially saying that we have to be very cautious before declaring victory over inflation, and uh, she needs to see some compelling evidence, it sounds like. Well, I'm not sure what kind of evidence she wants, other than other than a a, a CPI print. That, yeah, a couple that's months of it, she that. said. Yeah, but but you know, you look underneath that, and and starting with with housing, and it it, it it's already it happening. Maybe has it is already happening, yeah. and 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 we've talked for a long time also how how we you know at least I've thought that we've been in a recession for months and months because yeah. Main Street America, you know, they're they're hurting. They they are going. You know, they can only spend on on. Yeah. things that they really need right now. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I understand that they want to be cautious, but I think the signs are there that maybe we have peaked, or if we haven't peaked, that we're getting right to that top. All right, lastly, uh, Scott, we heard word that, well, Democrats looks like they're efforting a stopgap measure, which could slow or end, I should say, put an end to this potential Friday, this uh, midnight shutdown. Uh, how big of a focus is this right now? It seems like the markets haven't really latched on to this too much. Is it a concern? Is it going to be uh, just kind of uh, um, pushed through, do you think? Or will we ultimately be hearing about this building more and more throughout the week if they don't get this one done? It's always a concern. These things always seem to come down to the 11th hour. Yeah. I saw some reports this morning that it looked like they were going to be able to push it to December, at least yeah. now. And today's only Tuesday, so we're, we're talking. We still have a few more days. At least now it's probably more political than it is market moving. But yeah. as the week progresses, if we get closer and closer to that 11th hour, you know, you may see some some angst in the markets. OK, I guess one could argue with the Nasdaq up 1.6 right now. It's probably not a focus here uh, for the tech, tech traders and those that are doing some buying here this morning. Scott, I always appreciate you joining us here. CEO of Prosper Thanks, Trading Scott. Academy. Thanks to you, Scott Bauer.